Welcome back to another episode of the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Uh, sorry we're posting this a little late than our normal Sunday time, but I just got back from WWE's live event in Moline, Illinois. Catch the review from me on that on the back half of this episode. But I'm here with uh, Mr. D. Wayne. How are you on this Sunday? I'm great. I mean, my at this moment, my Lakers are winning versus the Golden State Warriors. So I'm in a good mood. Good man. I, I want the Golden State to not break the record because I want my Bulls to <laughs> hold on to that record forever with the, the the great number 23 and the crew. So hopefully that works out. Good. Wow. Oh, they're playing him in L.A. it looks like too. Okay. Yep. Cool. Um, Mr. Silly Sellers, hi. How are you? I'm good. Uh, it seems like everybody in the BGB group is either going back to school or going to a new school as I am decided to go back to school, as we talked about on air and off air before. Uh, and cra- congratulations to Dr. M, who's going to be uh, moving to a new teaching gig in another college in the Georgia area. So definitely want to congrats on him for that. That's right, man. We're all making moves, making moves, making million dollar moves, as it were. Uh, <laughs> I saw Darren Young today and they played that song and it was fun. Um, well, I'm gonna. We'll give the the Sunday three count fans. If you're new to us, we hit three quick topics to get your wrestling week started, and then we are out of here until Wednesday when we hit you with the deep dive episode where we really get into it. But um, we're gonna do two quick topics uh, that Mr. Silly Sellers kind of thought up, um, sort of related to wrestling, sort of not. So I'll let you kind of take the lead here, brother. Thank you. And and first, let, let's say this. You know, the first topic I want to talk about is the CTE topic in which CTE is, is very, very, very serious when it does with concussions and different sports. We have issues in talking about uh, NFL with CTE. And we come out a lot recently where a couple of wrestlers, like Kevin Nash said, they want to donate their brain. And even Rob Van Dam today wants to donate their brain today when they pass away for CTE research. But another thing that came to my mind is, even though I understand concussion work is very, very serious, I understand still at the same time, people are taking their own risk or like knowing what they're getting into when they want to play football, when they want to do wrestling. So it, I want to ask kind of this to you, Aaron, and to you, Dwayne. Do you feel that WWE or NFL or any professional organization should sign a waiver saying if you play this sport or do this activity, it's a chance that you might get brain damage? So we won't get the lawsuits coming out saying, hey, why aren't we being safer? Because it seems like the person who wants to get into this activity needs to know the risk going in. Just like if you want to be a stunt person, it's a chance you may die if you're trying to make a movie. So what do you, what do you think, Aaron and D-Wayne? I think that they should understand the implicit risk in a contact sport or a contact form of entertainment. And I don't know if, like, you got them sign something, but then a lawyer could always say, oh, well, they agreed to this, but, like, I don't. how specific do you want to get, like, you're going to have to work a ladder match and a Hell in a Cell match, this, that, and the other thing or whatever. But, right. I, I, you know, it's unfortunate the CTE, um, you know, the issues that stem from that. And I feel bad for the athletes. But at the same time, you made a choice to do that with your body. You know, there's lots of lines of work out there. That's where I'm at with it. What about you, Dwayne? I think that employers should embrace the fact that they should be liable even though there's risk involved they should be liable and the reason is because everyone knows that we expect injuries yes we do i mean anywhere we go we expect some type of injury but injuries normally the the injuries that we expect are the injuries where we can be healed from anything we deal with the brain you can't be healed from 
So in regards to, you know that as a big business, you know that. And you know that you have to exude some responsibility because, again, without them, they would be you. So you have to, even though there's risk involved and the people who get into the, the sports entertainment or the sports field know the risk, at the end of the day, without them, there wouldn't be this whole idea of a sports entertainment. Yeah. Another guy that's going to be donating his brain is Mick Foley. I don't know if you – that was – he's announced that a long time ago, but right. um, that's going to be interesting to see that study. I just think of that match oh, yeah. at the Royal Rumble with The Rock and all the chair shots. It was featured mm-hmm. in the movie Beyond the Mat, if you've ever seen that. Um, mm-hmm. And he he's still very well-spoken and um, very much there because I, I saw him perform his stand-up last summer, so – and he's going to have a, a role at WrestleMania of some kind, is what I hear rumored. Um, we, we should learn more about that in the next two weeks, is what I read today. Just feeding off of that, do you think they need to change? You know how they change the rules for football. Do you think they need to change rules for wrestling? Outside of the chair shots, you know they don't do hair, head chair shots anymore. Do you feel mm-hmm. like they need to change the rules for wrestling, how wrestling is done now, even though it is a safe maneuvered sport per se? I, li- I, don't, I don't like stuff that has impact on the neck. I think the German, the German suplex is dicey. That's my the only other thing. I think WWE does a pretty good job. I mean, Daniel Bryan just retired out of you know regards to his safety. Right. So right. I think they're doing I mean, a pretty good job compared to you know football. I mean, it's to me, you know, WWE is doing one great job, and I think it's a good example that NF can take away from WWE. But um, I mean, it's two different sports to me. I feel like you can protect yourself more in sports entertainment wrestling than you can do in in football because you have two grown men playing full force and a split second like it's hard to move in a split second in a way to in a way to you can protect yourself. Right. So it's 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 kind of hard to really protect yourself in football and not you know what I'm it's either you know the risk in football so I mean it's kind of hard to protect yourself. It's nothing you can really do but just sit here and embrace. I mean, you can try to move in a little bit, but even if you move in a little bit, it can be even more dangerous for you. Mm-hmm. And and just doing that and transition to our second topic, because fans, when we do this three count, we don't want to dwindle on you know any one topic too long. We just wanted to feed your brain for something. Um, but going into topic two, I want to ask, can WWE learn something from UFC now? In UFC 196 last night, we both had Conor McGregor and Holly Holmes both lose in their respective matches when they were favored heavily. And this transition that into WWE, where sometimes WWE is known for their booking circumstances, where the favorite wins kind of more often than not. It's no surprise factor sometimes. There's no upset factor. And the first question I want to start with, just based off what, we, what viewers saw last night, in which I know ratings did not go down at all for UFC, do you think the WWE needs to take more risk and have some underdog wins in their booking promotions instead of always putting the quote-unquote favorite to win every time? Sometimes that's the face winning more than the heel or whatever the circumstances is. Maybe the John Cena factor, maybe the Roman Reigns factor. Does the WWE need more upsets? Aaron, what do you think? Yes. Yes, within reason. Like At this point, 
a Dean Ambrose title win next Sunday, next Saturday would be very welcome <laughs> compared to what we're going to get with, you know, a Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. But, you know, Twitter, social media, sports news have been on fire for UFC, what was it, 196 last night? Yep, yep. With the, the home the home loss and then the McGregor loss, those were huge pieces of news. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think back to last year's WrestleMania, what a way to end it with Rollins coming some you know some people may have predicted it would come in seemingly out of nowhere to win the title um right more stuff like that please the Shane McMahon thing on raw 2 weeks ago more stuff like that please so yeah i mean anytime you you have something shocking or big happen it's going to get people talking but you have to make sure you do it without sacrificing continuity and storytelling and there's there's ways to do that and you know the other side of the coin too is you don't want to do it too much or it seems like your TNA or something. Right. Now, now just by you saying that, let's take it back <laughs> two years ago, Aaron, and I'm going to give it to you, Dwayne. Two years ago, we witnessed one of the biggest upsets in any sports hit, uh, sports entertainment history when The Undertaker lost. Yes. Mm-hmm. Think about it two years now. We're going to see The Undertaker right. lose again this year, by the way, but go ahead. Mm-hmm. Right, but it, it, do you think that Undertaker loss was, thinking back to it, hindsight, was it good for the company that The Undertaker lost? And that type of... Um, Many events. So I so let's. Let, I, I like this topic. It is it's very interesting because you, you're comparing two different things in the aspect. Because when you walk into a UFC UFC match, we don't know who's going to win. It's a fight, right? With WWE. It's more of a we already know who's going to win. You know, it's a program. I mean, corporate knows. And so it's, it's kind of different. I mean, you get the talking, but you can also sit here and say that. People, I'm going to give you an example. People hate John Jones. People hate Floyd Mayweather. But guess what? I guarantee they'll still be watching. Yep. So, I mean, you can't really, it's a, it's, it's a good and a bad thing. I mean, WWE plays towards their favorites. But you have to realize that people are still going to watch. You're not going to stop watching. You're not going to stop watching John Jones. You're not going to stop watching Floyd Mayweather because they win all the time. You want them to lose, and that's the that's the whole aspect of it. We wait, we're waiting for them to lose. Um, with the Undertaker, with that with that whole upset, big, it was good for building. It was good for building Brock Lesnar as a beast, but I felt that it could have been broken on someone else who really needed it. Because I mean, Brock right. Lesnar was a special attraction himself already, so it really didn't. It was surprising, you know, but right. and it gave us that wild, but imagine if someone else who really is there full time did it. Mm-hmm. So, but it, it did, it did work. The underdog, you know, the underdog winning did work. The surprise factor did work, if you want to take it that way. And what do you think as a follow-up thought? I was mad about it at the time, as were both of you, because I was with you yeah. guys there live when it happened. Um, I think I think they dropped the ball with Brock Lesnar when he first made his return. You know, jobbing to Cena and Triple H at WrestleMania. You know, the following yep. year, um, you needed to do something to reestablish Brock Lesnar. Um, I don't have a problem with it in hindsight because. I kind of liked what they've done with The Undertaker since the streak was dropped. Um, and, you know, they, 
they do a lot of business with Brock Lesnar. So I guess if that was an investment for his long term to be, a, like you said, a big attraction and a big draw, I don't have a problem with it now. Um, you know, the the thing is, you talked about wanting to have shocking things happen. There was nothing more shocking that could have happened in WWE than the streak being broken. And like D-Wayne said, it would have been nice maybe to have a guy that was younger and could have used the win um, do that instead of Brock. But it was still an effective use of the streak, I guess. It could have been more effective. But um, I that's the sad thing, I guess, when you sit and think about it, is what what's something they could do that's more shocking than that? I don't know. The only thing I can think of that would be, you know, maybe somewhat on the same level would be if John Cena interferes on behalf of Shane McMahon at WrestleMania in almost a heel way. Gotcha. I think that could be pretty shocking. Gotcha. And one more quick question before you do your review, Aaron. This could be a quick yes or no. If the WWE Network was still non-existent and WWE did their pay-per-views on pay-per-view. You had to buy it and everything original price, $59.99, kind of like UFC was. Do you think WrestleMania would ever be bought like for Buffalo Wild Wings to be played during their evening time or their sports entertainment? I think that would be true. I think it used to be. Um, I know WrestleMania. So when, before the network, when I really wanted to watch the pay-per-views, there was a bar as there were many bars across the country that would show the um the pay-per-views in my area every single one they would show and they'd have food for sale and you know you could buy pizzas and stuff and yeah i think that you would get that again whether people would show up like they do for ufc you know i'm not i'm not so sure but you know at this point i don't know the legalities of like broadcasting like the network although i know in victoria's restaurant the squared circle in chicago they have the network on loop all the time because I watched wrestling on the network there when I ate there a couple years ago. Awesome. By the way, if you ever go to Chicago, go to the Squared Circle. That place was awesome. I had the uh, the JR's Breakfast Barbecue Burger, and it was great. Awesome. D-Wayne, what about you? So, I mean, I think whoever, whoever bought the pay-per-views before the um, WrestleMania, before WWE Network, is going to buy the pay-per-views out there. I mean, that really didn't matter. You go, you're going to have your staples. You probably want to see an increase into the one that you know, say WrestleMania. But I mean, before besides that, your faithful your faithful people are going to buy the pay per views anyway. You're mm-hmm. going to see pay per views at bars and and stuff. So I mean, it's not a big difference. It's just that now you know you're you, you're making everybody buy the WWE Network charging nine ninety nine, which is great because they doing that. You know, say the, all the money goes to them. So it's a good business, it's a good marketing scheme, but when you make WrestleMania your biggest thing, um, free, per se, it's kind of like, okay, well, people are going to get it for it to be free, but what happens? They go to Catholic. So, I mean, it's, it's true. Bad. Well, the thing I think about with this free promotion they've been doing is. You, if you watch it with a group of buddies every year, it's like, all right, I'll get it on my credit card this year, and then we'll use a different credit card next year, and we'll just get WrestleMania yep. for free yep. every year, yeah. or the Rumble for free, you know. But again, you know, a lot, you know, a certain chunk of people will probably stick around as paying subscribers. So it's not a, it's not a bad move, I guess. I I remember though when they started the network, they had those free trial things, and they weren't every month like they are now, but they excluded WrestleMania as a time where you could do a free trial from what I remember. And it's 
surprising to me, or maybe not surprising, that they're doing it that way this year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, Aaron, let's hear about this review for this house show that you went to in your neck of the woods. Okay, so I went to the iWireless Center in Molina, Illinois, um, a.k.a. the Quad Cities, as we call it around here. Um, for So they have two touring groups this weekend, and um, the one I saw was headlined by Dean Ambrose versus Kevin Owens for the IC title. It ended in a DQ finish because Kevin Owens didn't break a hold in the in the corner turnbuckle after the ref's five count. Um, they worked a really nice match. Kevin Owens got a lot of heat. Um, Dean Ambrose sent the crowd home happy by giving him the dirty deeds to go home. But obviously Kevin Owens still retains. Uh, that was my first time seeing Kevin Owens live. and um, Okay. So it was it, that was a pleasant experience. I wore my Kevin Owens Montreal shirt today uh, to I the show. I did see that in the group text. Yeah, with my Patriots gear, obviously, because it matches. Um, yeah. So that was a good match. I'd say they went about 15 minutes in the main events um, match. But taking it from the beginning, um, AJ Styles and The Miz opened the show. Oh, okay. And the, I would say The Miz, and then I'll talk about Sheamus later, they both did a better job of getting heel heat than Kevin Owens did, in my opinion. And maybe the crowd wow. was just a little tapped out by the end of the show. But um, The Miz got a lot of heel heat. Uh, just for the taking his sunglasses off spot that he does to start his matches. <laughs> Um, he worked over AJ quite a bit, but AJ got a lot of spots and didn't, did not even go for the styles clash. Um, he actually won it with the springboard, uh, like punch clothesline thing off the rope, but he, he got his spots in. It was nice to see AJ. I haven't seen AJ wrestle since 2008, uh, when TNA came to my college town and I'd have to look back at my photo book to see who he even wrestled, but I got to meet AJ and got his autograph after that show because TNA had all the guys come ringside after the show, which was kind of cool. Um, the second match was – I'm looking at my notes here. Uh, okay. Hey, why are you looking at your, why are you looking at your notes real quick? I just want to give a shout-out. I went to a TNA event where Mr. Anderson was championship – a champion, excuse me, at the time, world champion. And TNA really does a good job letting their fans have access to their performers at the end of shows, at middle shows. They really, really appreciate, you know – their fan experience. So that's one thing I do want to say mm-hmm. about TNA, though. But go ahead. That's a quick TNA sure. plug. Uh, the second match was a random tag match. It was um, the Social Outcasts, Curtis Axel and Adam Rose versus the uh-huh. unlikely duo of Darren Young and Jack Swagger. Okay. Uh, yeah. And you know what? To be fair to those guys, the Social Outcasts got a lot of heel heat by working over Darren Young until he got the hot tag to Jack Swagger, who came in and... Um, kicked booty and and won in short fashion but i was surprised by the pop he got when they ended up making the hot tag so good on those guys for not really having a feud going on between them at the moment you know what i mean right um kalisto versus wade barrett was next for the u.s title wade barrett had like they had like a video board um set up at the entrance ramp which they didn't used to have used to just be a curtain for house shows so that was new um Barrett worked him over pretty well until he hit the Selena Del Sol at the end. Um, the people were very behind Kalisto, especially the kids. Very kid-heavy crowd, but very behind Kalisto. I, I'm i excited to see what they end up doing with him with the U.S. title at WrestleMania. What would you do, um, D-Wayne, if you were booking WrestleMania with Kalisto? Hopefully they start something with him at least by this week. I mean, I'm hoping they start something with him. The last thing I want to see is another Kalisto versus Alberto Del Rio. 
<laughs> match. And hopefully they won't go that way. Um, I think they should have Ryback wrestle him for the heel Ryback wrestle him for the title. Um, and that that would actually be a good idea, but I don't think they'll go that way. I don't, I don't either. Think, um, it's hard to say because I mean, it's it, right now. It's kind of hard to say what they. I feel like they put him on a back burner, and it's which is wrong. But I wouldn't mind seeing a Callisto versus Ryback match. I think it will actually be a very well worked match as well. I do too, and um, I think Ryback should win if they did it. Yeah, I well, yeah, but I think they want you know that Rey Mysterio type of persona for Kalisto. Yeah. Um, speaking of Del Rio and Ryback, they were both advertised to appear, and they um, were not at the show today. I think Ryback actually got stuck on the the other crew because I know he worked like the Super Show they did in Minneapolis at the Target Center on Friday night. But uh, Ryback and Del Rio both locally advertised and did not appear. But, you know, it's cool. I've seen both of those guys wrestle numerous times. Um, after that, so the New Day comes out. And um, I don't know if you guys knew that Big E played football at the University of Iowa, which is not terribly far from Moline um, in, um, so any, at Iowa City. So anyways, he comes out and cut a promo about how um, – Sorry, I'm just watching the Laker game, and Jack Nicholson was just fist-pumping because you guys are going to beat the Warriors, which is awesome. Um, he comes out and cuts a promo about how he used to play University of Iowa, and he used to have to fly through the airport in Moline. It's a regional airport. And he um, was very upset that he had to go to such a dump of a town and how the women were ugly. And <laughs> and then they said, but don't worry, we're going we're gonna to cheer you guys up because you have to live here. And they sang, We Are the Champions. Um, by Queen and Big E was singing oh, a horrible falsetto. <laughs> and then they defended the titles against the Dudleys and the Usos, and it was actually Kofi and Xavier that worked the match, and Big E was at ringside. Okay. So they, they are applying the Freebird rule on the house show circuit a little bit. It was a really funny match. There was a lot of good stuff with Bubba Ray yelling at the crowd. They, there was a great spot where... <laughs> I think they they kept slapping um, Xavier Woods on the back, like, and then Kofi tagged himself in at one point and slapped him on the back where he was sore, and he was like yelling at everybody. He was going to the dumb, you suck and you suck and you suck, and he turns to Kofi and goes, you you're okay. <laughs> and there's another spot where I think it was one of the two New Day guys on the ground, and um, Bubba Ray was standing over him about to grab him, and one of the Usos. Gave him the um, the um, oh gosh, what's the catapult? You know where they catapult him up. Usually they do it into a yep. turnbuckle. They catapulted his face into Bubba Ray's crotch, and Bubba Ray stands there with his mouth oh, open and sold it for like fifteen seconds. Oh lord! It's one thing I noticed at the house show is all the guys really took time to sell, and I don't know if it's just the constraints of TV time that they they aren't they're pressed and don't sell as much, but everybody sold really really well especially a lot of the veteran talent that you would expect to, to be good sellers. But everyone sold really well. But they ultimately, um, the match ended, they put a 3D on one of the Usos, and then they shoved the Dudleys out, and the New Day picked up the pinfall off of the 3D. Um, gotcha. Lots of great dancing. Like, we were laughing from the beginning to the end of that match, just all sorts of shenanigans. Um, Was Francesca there? Oh, yes. 
Oh, Francesca too? Okay. Not played as much as you would think, but yes, she was there, Francesca too. And then they did the intermission. They had a lot of cool stuff going on. They had um, it was the gentleman that does a lot of interview segments for NXT backstage. Not the new guy they've had, but a different guy. I can't place his name, but he was doing a lot of stuff with the crowd with kids and kind of acting as like the co-host and they had a lot of stuff going on on the video board during before the show and during intermission and uh when we got back it was um becky versus charlotte for the divas title and a very well-worked match um besides the new day match this was my favorite match of the night um Uh ultimately um charlotte rolled her up for the pin but it was at least a 15 minute very solid match you can tell they're building a lot of chemistry between them, and I was glad to see Charlotte was there and healthy because she got busted open big time in Minneapolis on Friday. But uh, yeah, so but apparently she's doing well, and they worked a great match. And then we had Sheamus versus Neville, which was funny because I saw that match take place as part of the King of the Ring tournament uh, in mm-hmm. this very arena in April, um, way back at the King of the Ring tapings. You can go back one of our very first episodes and hear my review of that. But um, Seamus went over. He actually controlled most of the match, and Neville got to do a few high spot type of things, but we were, like, really bummed out he didn't get to do more. My wife hadn't seen the Red Arrow in person yet, and she was bummed out that he he tried to set up for it, but Seamus interrupted it. And um, Seamus had, like, probably the most heel heat of Just because he looks the way he does, like, people were just on him the entire match. Um, shout out, by the way, to the jerk dad in the section over from me that used the F-bomb and yelling at Seamus in front of all the children in our section. Like, literally, everyone in the arena could hear it. And then he turned to his children, who he was sitting with, the kids he brought, and was like, oh, yeah, that was funny that I said the F-word, wasn't it? It's like, no, it wasn't, dude. Like, be respectful oh, wow. a little bit. That's not cool. Um, and and <laughs> Wayne thinks it's funny. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. Would you yell that in front of your son, though? Seriously, D Wayne? What? The F bomb? Yeah. Uh, no, you wouldn't. Don't even lie. Well, the Cowboys game, yeah. Well, I've I let it slip down one or twice, so I can't really. You can't judge? Yeah. Yeah, if if your mom was there, you would you would get slapped if you did that, though. <laughs> Um, and then the main event I kind of already talked about was KO versus Dean. Um, I never noticed how many of these newer guys have their initials on all of their gimmicks, on all their gear, but it's mm-hmm. KO versus DA. Um, it was a good match. I was excited to see Kevin Owens. I'm going to be more excited to see him really unhinged. That was one thing I noticed at a house show is these guys work so many house shows that they're not going to do a lot of high spots. It, no. It's not worth it on a show like that. You save that for a pay-per-view. You save that for a big Raw match. Um, you know, Kevin Owens didn't go in terribly insane. He didn't go for that corkscrew moonsault. Or, there was a couple pop-up powerbomb attempts, but then he didn't even land one of those. Um, he did, like, you know, the cannonball and super kick at one point, but nothing too high impact. So while I had a good time today, it was a nice warm-up for WrestleMania like I did two years ago when they did a house show like a month before we went to WrestleMania. Um I'm I'm looking forward to seeing these guys really cut loose and hit some big spots and work longer matches when we go to TakeOver and WrestleMania in Dallas here in 28 days from today is WrestleMania, if my counting is correct. It's absolutely correct. Four cannot weeks wait. from today. So that's my review. It was a good show. Um, not my favorite house show I've ever been to, but 
it was nice to see some talent that I've never seen live before, such as, you know, Charlotte, Becky, Kevin Owens. Um, I haven't seen AJ in forever, so I might as well count him. Um, I saw Adam Rose for the first time. That was fun. People like that. So, yeah, it was a good time. Good time. Uh, money well spent because it was the tickets weren't terribly pricey. So no NXT talent because you know how sometimes NXT talent travels. What's the main? Yeah, roster? yeah. No, I know Baron Corbin's been out on the road a lot lately, and Enzo and Cass. No, no NXT talent, which I was disappointed about. But at the same time, it makes me more excited for Takeover. And you got to think they're going to yep. tape some a week or two of TV for NXT while we're there as kind of like the pre-show for TakeOver. Yep. Because I know, yep. like, the doors are at 7.30, but the show doesn't actually start until, like, 9 local time. I, which means I don't care. I'm excited. That's going to be a late night, though, because I have to get up at, like, 4.30 in the morning to make my flight in Chicago. Yeah. That's going to be a, a long day at the office, but that's it'll be fun. Adrenaline will help. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll still record when we get back to Arlington to the hotel, too. Oh, oh for yeah. sure we will. Oh, yeah. So. We, might, we might do a few. Yeah, we might we have can. to. Um, but, yeah, that's my review. So I guess that will kind of be the end of today's three count. We will hit you guys again on Wednesday with a deep dive. We have to do our preview and predictions for Roadblock. So far I know we have Brock and Bray, which was rumored to be a WrestleMania match, now happening at Roadblock in your house on Saturday. Um, originally it was supposed to be Luke Harper and Brock. We're going to get Dean and Triple H for the title. Enzo and Cass versus Dash and Dawson. And then I don't know if there's other if there's other announced matches. If there are, I'm they're escaping me. But we will preview Roadblock coming up on Wednesday and then we'll start really getting into kind of WrestleMania predictions and NXT takeover predictions. We have a big match to react to, by the way, on NXT TV coming up on Wednesday. I heard Sami Zayn and Joe go for an hour in their two out of three falls match. So that should be a lot of fun. I heard it was a it was, you know, instant classic gets thrown around a lot, but I think it was it's going to be a good match. To look forward to. So, um, for Mr. D Wayne for Silly Sellers, this was the Big Old Belt Wrestling Podcast on Twitter at BGB Group. I'll putting up be putting up throughout the the next couple of days a lot of photos I took on my uh, my camera proper, not my phone because my phone's not as good as my camera. I have a decent Nikon. So look for pictures from the house show today and. Um, bgbgroup.tumblr.com for all of our programming. And uh, anything I'm missing, fellas? Not at all. We'll see you next time, fans. Cool. All right. Cool. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll catch you next time on the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for listening.